Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is August the 12th, and our passage for today is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. Now, we're not able to cover in any of these chapters all of the various stories and parables and teachings, and I've told you that especially as we go through the New Testament, we will cover as much as we can. But when we come to Luke chapter 16, there is uh, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And it begins at verse 19, and I'm going to go through this because it it is a teaching that we need to understand that we don't hear very much about today, and that is what happens to a lost man, what happens to a man outside of God, what happens to a man who's not a follower of Jesus when he dies. Now, we don't get many insights into this, into the scriptures, but this is one, a story of two men. It's the tale of two men. Now, many would say it's a parable. Well, it doesn't say it's a parable. It says this is a story in the sense that it just, Jesus just starts talking about two people. And he's talking about these two people in a way that doesn't sound like a parable. And so let's look at it and examine it. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, let's look at the two men. One was wealthy. He lived in a beautiful place. He lived sumptuously. That means he was rich. He had anything that he wanted. He had everything that he wanted. He evidently was so wealthy that people would come, beggars, and and would sit at his gate hoping that when the crumbs from the meals, the sumptuous meals were finished, that somehow they would get the crumbs like he would throw out to animals. And maybe they could just get something that fell from the rich man's table. Maybe as uh, the servants were coming and going, they would see them and their plight and, and give them something. These were not professional beggars. This was a man in particular that that was very sick. He had some kind of disease that was abhorrible, so much so that even the dogs were coming around him and were licking on his sores. And the implication is that that was some kind of ease to this man. So these are the two men. One, the poorest of the poor, one, the richest of the rich. And you'd say, well, I, I know who I want to be like. Well, that remains to be seen. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, Abraham's bosom is synonymous. It's a picture of the intermediate state. It's a picture of paradise, paradiso. It is a, a euphemism. It's, it's a way of expressing. It's a cultural expression of the place where the righteous go who die. That's right. Everyone doesn't go to the same place. Now, I'm not talking about purgatory. If you come out of an Orthodox background, Roman Catholic or Byzantine or Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, I'm not talking about purgatory. There's no such thing taught in the Bible and the Word of God. 
But there is an intermediate state. You see, when a man dies, a believer dies, a follower of Jesus dies, during this age, his place of residence is a place called Paradiso. This is why Jesus said, today you will be with me in Paradiso, God's beautiful garden. And evidently we have some kind of body there that's recognizable, but the resurrection of the body will be in the future. It is not now. For every person who has died, who is righteous, who has trusted in God's provision of salvation, they will rise again. That's the hope of the resurrection. The word resurrection is a physical term. It means to stand again. It's the word anastasia. Anna means again. Stasio comes from titemi, which means to stand. And so it means to stand again. It's a physical term. And so it talks about a bodily resurrection. There's no such thing anywhere in the Scripture. It's just unscriptural to talk about a spiritual or a soulish resurrection. There's no immaterial resurrection. It's always material. It's always bodily. It's a resurrection that has to do with the body. So there is an intermediate state, and this is where they were. And so that doesn't mean that we're not recognizable. That doesn't mean that we are not aware of what's going on. It doesn't mean that we don't have some type of intermediary body as It doesn't mean that we are bodiless. It just means that we don't have our permanent resurrected bodies. And so both died. It says that Lazarus died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom to paradise. This would imply that we are escorted there. You see, it's it's a place. It's a real place. And what the place that Jesus is preparing for us, the new Jerusalem, heaven itself, the streets of gold, the Father's house, is a place. It's a real place. It really does have streets of gold, gates of pearl. It has gates. It has foundations. It has stories to it. It has all of those things. It's a real place. Well, so is Paradiso. This is not some just spiritual existence. And so the Bible teaches this over and over again. That's called Abraham's bosom. And so the rich man also died and was buried. You see, everybody dies. It's appointed unto men once to die. If you're listening to this, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you're going to die one day, and you better get ready to die. And there is a way to get ready to die, and I hope you'll listen to the rest of the podcast. And uh, this rich man, it says in verse 23, being in torments in Hades. Hades is the abode of the dead. It's translated to hell in some of our Bibles, but it's the word Hades. This is the abode of the dead, and evidently it has a part where the righteous is called paradise and a part where those who are rejectors of the way of God, of righteousness, of the Messiah and the promise of God, the coming one, if they reject him, they go to a place of torment. It's it's physical torment. It's emotional torment. It's soulish, spiritual torment. And the Bible says that this rich man was in a place where he could see the bliss that Lazarus was in. He saw him afar off in Abraham's bosom in paradise. Then he said to him, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now, Father Abraham, he was talking about, is a representation of who God is. And he said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. So this is a place of torture. It's a place of torment. You say, I don't believe God will do that. Well, you just need to keep reading the scriptures. Do you believe there's a heaven? Do you believe there's a place of bliss? Well, you can't have it both ways because the same Bible that tells us there's a heaven tells us there's a hell. The same Bible that says there's paradise says there's a place of torment. Now, listen, people say, well, do you believe God will save some and not others? Yes. Do you believe that that's fair? No. 
if God was being fair, we'd all be in hell. We'd all be condemned. No, it's the grace of God, unmerited favor, and the mercy of God, God withholding from us what we do deserve, giving us what we don't deserve. That's why we go to heaven is the grace of God and the salvation that Jesus has provided through his substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection. That's what the Bible teaches. You say, well, I don't believe it. Then well, why are you reading it? Because you're searching. Because you're in need of a Savior. You've got to get rid of this sin, and you know you can't work it off. You can't be good enough because you know in your heart you need a Savior. Just keep reading and quit fighting and let God have control of your life. Why? Because His Word says He loves you, He cares for you, but you're at war with Him. And you're becoming an enemy against him over and over again. But Abraham said unto him, remember that in your lifetime you received the good things. God was good to you. God blessed you. And Lazarus, he had a lot of bad things, even though his heart was right toward God. Now listen to me. Those of you who just think if you serve God, everything's going to be hunky-dory and just wonderful. That's not what the Bible teaches. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, you will have crushing, tribulation, trials, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The Apostle Paul said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Not maybe, not if, not perhaps, but you will. It's not a matter of if you're going to be persecuted, if you're going to have hard times. It's a matter of just when and how. And so he says, but Lazarus evil things, and he is comforted now because he was righteous in his walk with God, and, and you're being tormented. And besides all this, God said, between us and you, there's a great gulf, a great chasm, a great canyon, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor those from there pass to us. Then he said, well, then I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, send Lazarus to my brother's. To my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may give witness to them, testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the Torah. They have the teaching of Moses. They have the Ketuvim, the writings. They have the Nevi'im, the prophets. They have the word of God. They have God's words, and uh, they need to hear them. And this rich man in torment said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes from the dead, they will repent. But Abraham said unto him, but he said unto him, if they do not hear the words of Moses and the prophets, if they don't listen to the Torah, if they don't listen to the prophets and the writings, the word of God, what we call the Old Testament, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Did you hear what he said? You see, if you're not willing, if you're not willing to humble yourself and repent and turn to God with all of your heart, based upon the teaching and preaching of the Bible. If you're not willing to believe the Bible, the Scripture says, though one rise from the dead, you wouldn't believe that. You know why? You'd explain it away. You'd say, well, I can't even believe my own eyes. You know why? Because you don't want to believe. Now, let me say to you and to everyone listening, to all your family and to mine, you are what you are because of the choices you make. You can't blame mom and dad for the way you grew up. You can't blame anyone else, brother, sister, for who you are. You can't be bitter and, and say, you know, well, I, I've just been a victim. No, you're not a victim. You're a product of your choices. Now, does that mean that you've had it good and everyone's treated you well? And uh, does that mean that you have not been abused and misused and molested and all that? No, no, no. It doesn't mean that. I understand what that is. I've been there, done that. Yes, I've been there, done that. 
and I could tell you a story that would make the hair stand on your head. But let me tell you, when we stand before God, there's no excuses. You stand before God on your own two feet. Your dad's not going to stand there. Your mom's not going to stand there. Your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, your children. No one except you. You're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account for your life, not for theirs. You're going to give an account not for what they did to you, but how you reacted to them. But more than important than all of that is your relationship with Jesus. You say, well, I don't want to become a Christian because of what I've seen in other people. Well, you won't be responsible for those other people. You'll be responsible for yourself and your own relationship with God. So what should you do? You should change your mind. And like that prodigal son of the last chapter of Luke 15, you need to come to yourself. You need to get in your right mind and say, God, I want you to change my mind, change my heart, change my life direction. I am making a choice to turn from everything that is displeasing to you in my life. And I want you to change me from the inside out. You see, you can modify your behavior around people that you need to modify your behavior. Parents, listen, this is what happened to our children. We bring our children up in church. Yes, they modify their behavior as long as they're with us, but when they get out somewhere with someone else, they start acting like the devil. Well, all they're doing is having behavior modification. You see, the only way that change is permanent is when there's a change of mind and heart that leads to the direction. You see, your mind and your heart are used synonymously in the Bible. It's who you are on the inside. And who you are on the inside is who you are when no one else is around. When mom and dad's not around, when brother and sister's not around, when the pastor's not around, deacon's not around, Sunday school teacher's not around, the wife or the husband's not around, that's who you are, is who you are when no one is looking but God. God knows. God sees. God loves you. He cares for you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life, but you'll never know it until you come to yourself, change your mind, change your direction. And if you don't believe the words of God, if you don't believe the words of the Bible, though one rise from the dead, you will not believe. You'll explain it away. Do you really believe that, Pastor Tony? I believe that with all my heart. And when you stand before God... You'll believe it too. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.